When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Dream Team Professor podcast. My name is Scott and in this episode we're going to be looking at the top players to target in game week 16 as well as trying to figure out what the hell to do with Erling Haaland. So on the screen I've got the fixture ticker from ffstuff.co.uk as always from game week 16 to game week 19 and game week 16 is a Friday deadline so I'm recording this on Thursday afternoon. Uh, tomorrow 7pm is the deadline, Friday 7pm uh, we have Spurs versus Nottingham Forest at Forest. So that's the first game. You have to have your teams locked in for 7pm. Um, so game week 16, we've got Premier League and then we've got some EFL Cup quarterfinals. Game week 17 is a Premier League double game week for most teams. Uh, the only teams that don't have a double that week are Crystal Palace, um, Brentford, Brighton and then Manchester City who are at the Club World Cup. Um, game week 18 we've got a Premier League single and then two double game week teams. Those double game week teams are Everton who play Crystal Palace. Now that's a slightly strange one. I've got it at the bottom of the screen here um, but all of the FA Cup fixtures um, are in game week 19 but because this one, Crystal Palace versus Everton, falls on a Thursday. It is in the week before. So that's the only reason they've got a double game, game week that week instead. Um, so as it stands, um, in game week 19, it's down as a single game week as well, uh, just with FA Cup fixtures. However, the Carabao Cup semi-finals first legs will be put into game week 19. So we'll have another uh, double game week in game week 19. But as it stands... Teams with six fixtures between this run from game week 16 to game week 19. We've got Liverpool, Newcastle, Chelsea, Fulham, West Ham and Everton. Those teams have the most fixtures um, across the next four game weeks. With five fixtures, we've got Man United, Arsenal, Villa, Brighton, Spurs, Burnley, Palace, Wolves, Forest and Sheffield United. Uh, sorry, and Bournemouth and Luton. And then just the teams that have got four fixtures is City and Brentford. Uh, Manchester City just have the four fixtures because they're off to the Club World Cup. Um, they've obviously got Crystal Palace at home in game week 16. They then don't have a second fixture that week. They don't have a first fixture in game week 17, but then they come back and play Everton at the back end of game week 17. Um, and we're all going to have our eye on that one, trying to figure out what we do with Erling Haaland um, at the moment. He obviously missed the last game and then he 
apparently he's going to go back to training today. I still haven't seen any updates, but reporting back to training and they're going to assess him ahead of that Crystal Palace game. But we will have to wait for more team news before we can decide. Um, I read out the, the teams that have the most fixtures. West Ham, Chelsea, Newcastle, Everton, Liverpool and Fulham could still end up with an extra fixture if they do win their Carabao Cup game. And that will be put in game week 19. Uh, we'll go on to just specifically game week 16. So the teams that I think have the best fixtures this week. And although Manchester City do have just the one fixture, Crystal Palace at home is a very good fixture. Crystal Palace have got quite a lot of injuries at the moment as well. Um, obviously got a suspension as well. I think it was to was IU in the last game. Um, so not doing very well um, for squad depth at the minute. So that does look like a good fixture for Manchester City, even though it is the single. Um, obviously depends on Haaland's availability. Haaland also in this fixture last season did score a hat-trick. Um, so just to make our decision even harder, um, this was one that he did well in last season. So just the one fixture, but it does look really good on paper for Manchester City. Um, I like Liverpool's fixtures as well. They've got two nice home fixtures. Um, Manchester United at home. I'm going to say that's a nice home fixture. And then West Ham in the cup. Obviously, West Ham have been a bit on and off this season, but they have both of these teams have conceded quite a few goals recently. Um, so two nice home cup, um, well, one Premier League and one cup fixture. Possible rotation in the second fixture, but we are getting near the later stages of the cup. So... Wouldn't be too surprised if we see some big names out there for Liverpool. Newcastle. Um, it is a good double uh, good double game week. Fulham and Chelsea. Um, but obviously just come off the back of being eliminated from the Champions League. And their form hasn't been the best. So I'm going to put it down as a good double. But we'll have to wait and see. Got a few injury concerns as well. You've got um, obviously Trippier is going to be suspended for that Fulham game. Um, Anthony Gordon apparently had tightness in his hamstring as well. Coming off yesterday. Um, so, a couple of injuries, dodgy form, but on paper the fixtures look okay. Chelsea are, are kind of similar, so the fixtures don't look bad. Sheffield United at home looks like a good fixture, um, and obviously they play Newcastle at home as well. But, again, poor form at the minute, so it's going to be really hard to decide on Chelsea players at the minute. I think it's quite tough. Um, Fulham... They're in great form, but it is a tough away double. Newcastle and Everton, it's not one that's going to really appeal to me. West Ham, one good, one bad, I'd say. West Ham have got Wolves at home, which looks okay. And then Liverpool away in the cup at Anfield. So that's going to be a tough one there. Um, did have a bit of illness in the squad as well. They're due to play tonight in that decider with uh, Freiburg. So we'll get a better idea of, of who is available for that one. Crystal Palace, um, it's a double game week, but it's a bad one. Manchester City away and then Brighton at home. And then Bournemouth, uh, they've got single Luton, which looks okay. But at what point do we have to just say we can't keep writing off Luton? Um, so that's probably the best of the, of the uh, double, game, double game week 16. Um, I've ticked the names along the side here on ffstuff.co.uk. But I think we're probably going to have to look a little bit more long term because... I don't think there's massively games that you want to specifically just target for one fixture. Um, I'm going to start with Liverpool um, with the top players to target because I think their run still does look okay. On paper, it looks tough. Man United, West Ham, but both at Anfield and neither of them have been great recently. 
Then it's followed up with Arsenal at home and Burnley away. Obviously, Arsenal is going to be a tough game, but again, at Anfield, they've got the toughest fixtures at Anfield, where I think they obviously will be the favourites. Burnley away from home looks okay. Then, then they have Newcastle at Anfield, so again, a tough fixture, but at home, so I quite like the look of that. And then game week 19 is the FA Cup game away at Arsenal. Um, that could be a tougher fixture, but still a little way away yet. So Liverpool had a 2-1 win against 10-man um, Palace. Um, and I think they were fairly lucky in that one. I think it probably could have ended up as a draw. Um, it's four wins in a row now, and they still have Europa League to come tonight. But rumour is that Salah and Trent haven't travelled uh, and now I, mass, I imagine there'll be masses of rotation in this one. Um, Allison come back in in the recent fixture. So the punt on Kelleher didn't really pay off. But if you have got Kelleher, he could still have that Carabao Cup fixture in midweek. So you might not have to move on yet if you don't have to. Um, home Talking about home fixtures. So Man United got um, Liverpool have got Man United, West Ham, Arsenal, Newcastle to come at home. They've won every single home game they've played this season. So their home form is incredible. Um, so that is one thing to consider. Also, won't spend too long on it. Salah, 6.7 million. Um, probably the best player to own this week and the best captain option, in my opinion. Um, even if Haaland is available, I think I would have chosen Salah. Great record against Manchester United. And United have Maguire and Shaw just go off injured in the Champions League defeat to Bayern so it's not looking good for that Man United defence and Salah has done really really well there previously. Um, Salah didn't play the previous cup game in the Carabao Cup but he's probably going to get a rest in Europe so I don't see any reason why he wouldn't play both or have some input to that cup fixture. The only thing that I would say is with West Ham in the cup uh, they have got Arsenal in the following game so maybe he gets a little bit of a rest ahead of that Arsenal game because it is a top of the title uh, top of the table clash but I think Salah this week is the best captain pick for me uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold um, 5.7 million but even in that 2-1 loss against Crystal Palace he's still come away with seven points three bonus and two big chances created and I don't particularly think that United and West Ham are great attacks at the minute. So I still think that he's fine to hold. You could get clean sheets, but if you don't, you're still going to get um, a fair few points, I think, from Trent in the form that he's in. Um, he is just, um, at the time of writing this, um, this was pre-Europe, but he was eight points behind Trippier before yesterday. Um, and I think he's played a fair few games less as well. So Trent is looking really good. Um, Virgil van Dijk at 4 million he feels like a decent enough second um, best Liverpool defensive option should play the bulk of these fixtures now as well now that Europe has come to an end um, Simakas has been an okay option I've got Simakas in my team at 3.4 million um, but he likely is going to carry on getting rotated one in two with uh, Joe Gomez it looks like so I think Virgil probably is the second best option uh, going into this run just because he will play the bulk of the games um Darwin Nunes, 4.3. Um, I had him as my 12th man recently, didn't go to plan. His last goal was nine games ago now, um, and he's had just two assists in that time as well. So not looking in the best of form. Um, I think I'd prefer to go for Luis Diaz at 3.6 million if I was going to go for a double Liverpool attack. 
just keeping that second striker spot free because we have got Son who's got good fixtures. We've got Watkins who's got decent fixtures coming up. Um, Salah and Haaland are in most people's teams. Um, so I think I'd prefer just to keep that striker spot free now um, and go for Diaz if I wanted a second Liverpool. I'm going to come on to Newcastle. So a 4-1 loss against Spurs the week before. Um, sorry, 4-1 loss against Spurs and in the week before they uh, lost 3-0 to Everton. So again, it's not looking great for Newcastle at the moment. And then a 2-1 loss to Milan last night. I actually did think that Newcastle were going to win that one. Um, very disappointing. Uh, goalkeeper issue is one of the main things as well. So Dubravka did play yesterday. Um, he hasn't been keeping clean sheets, but he is still a good cheap option in uh, at the back. So I think he's 1.6 million at the minute. Dubravka, 1.6 million at the minute. So the fixtures do look okay. Fulham, Chelsea, Luton, Forest, Liverpool, um, Sunderland, and then obviously depends how they get on in the Carabao Cup. I still think value for money-wise, Dubravka is still okay, but they have been a few Twitter posts and leaks coming out that Newcastle will be looking for a new goalkeeper in January. So if you do do it, it might not be long-term. But then the window is not going to open till sort of game week 19. Uh, and will they be thrown straight in as well? So you're probably still going to get a few games out of Dubravka. There was a concern about a shoulder injury, but he did play yesterday. Um, I imagine that you'd have to think that he's okay. Trippier at 5.3. Uh, I think I probably would still hold him if I owned him, but I definitely wouldn't be bringing him in this week. Uh, so he picked up his fifth yellow card, so he's going to miss Fulham. And then you'd expect that he probably would get the Carabao Cup game still, or I was at least thinking that. But he did apparently pick up a knock in the Milan game yesterday and went off in the 63rd minute. Um, so, I mean, if you've got other fires to put out in your team, I probably would just leave him there. If your team is looking perfect, which I'd be surprised because there's a lot of uh, injuries and stuff at the minute. If your team is looking a little bit dodgy, maybe I would just keep him, I'd say. But definitely not a buyer possibly a hold uh, Anthony Gordon 4 million still think he's okay to target I had put him down he's in my team as well uh, six goals five assists I think he's a great option but again he went off yesterday in the 62nd minute apparently tightness in his hamstring but it wasn't so much of an injury um, because they were saying that he was playing with it um, so maybe he just gets one start, one appearance off the bench, but I still do think he's a good option. But it's horrible now that you're paying four million to get him in when he started at just two point five million. Um, so that is quite a price rise there from Anthony Gordon. Let us know if you've had him the whole way through. Um, Isak four point three million. I don't think I'd bring him in now. Um, I've got him in my team as well, and. He's blanked four games in a row since I brought him in. So I think he had back-to-back -back eight pointers when I decided to bring him in. Um, and yeah, since then, he's blanked four games in a row. And obviously, he is going to see rotation with Wilson. Now, Wilson started yesterday. Isak came on in the 62nd for um, Anthony Gordon. So with Isak and Wilson uh, both fit, I think he's going to also take minutes off of Anthony Gordon too. Um so, yeah, I think that striker position now is a little bit tough to choose from from Newcastle. I think I'll be looking to get Isak out of my team sharpish. Um, Livramento, 2.9 million. 
he's still looking like a good pick to be honest with you so um, three points yesterday one bonus and three tackles but if Trippier's out well he will be out for the next one Livermento can play right back he can also play left back he has been playing left back the only thing I'd be wary of is Dan Byrne did return yesterday and came on in the 63rd minute so well ahead of schedule he was back playing so he might take some minutes of him but the rate that these Newcastle players have been getting injured or looking knackered, I think Livermento is still going to get plenty of game time in this run. Um, I mentioned Dubravka already. I still think he's okay. Um, I still would potentially look to get him in. Um, but that's about it, really. Uh, I I don't think I'd go for Lascelles just because I think there could be a chance that Dan Byrne maybe covers at centre-back for a little while and I think Botman shouldn't be too far off. West Ham, um, great win against Spurs and then a bad 5-0 loss against Fulham. But apparently the excuse is there was illness uh, throughout the squad. Again, it'll be interesting to see what the team looks like in midweek. Cause it is a, it's, it's not a must-win game, but the winner of this game wins the group, I think it is. Um, a win or draw sees West Ham top the group because West Ham won the head-to-head with Freiburg. But... Overall, I think the fixtures look okay. Wolves, Liverpool away from home in the Cup. Man United at home. Arsenal away. And then it's Brighton, Hove, Albion. And then the FA Cup game. I always get this wrong, but I think that's Bristol, um, the abbreviation. But overall, I think Bowen is still a really good player to target. And someone that I'm almost certain that I'm going to bring into my team this week. So 5.3 million. I think I ended up losing him when there was this injury doubt. Um, and since then, I mean, he did miss a few games, but now he's been back and he's played 90 minutes, three games in a row. So I think it's safe to say that he is completely fine again. Uh, I still want him through these tough fixtures, even though it's you've got Liverpool, United, Arsenal, Bright, uh, Brighton. I was looking back and West Ham do well in these counter-attacking matches. He got uh, Boeing got 14 points against Arsenal. He scored against Spurs, he scored against Villa, he scored against Liverpool, and he scored against Brighton all this season. So 10 goals, 3 assists, and he's scoring against the big sides. So playing in that centre-forward spot, I still want Bowen in my team. And 90 minutes, 3 games in a row, you don't have to worry about him being rotated. So I think Bowen is a really, really good pick this week. Um, James Ward-Prowse, 4.4. I'm less keen, but he has done really well this season. 128 points before this European game um, and he definitely still deserves to be in the conversation and he is nailed as well so he is a good pick um, he did have a little a barren spell of not getting attacking returns but he did manage a fluky goal against Spurs uh, they all count he's on three goals and nine assists so I do still think he is a very good pick maybe if you can't get to Bowen um, Kudus and Paqueta are both also relatively popular on dream team or fantasy football as a whole i think they're okay to hold if you have them but both were early subs in the fulham defeat i don't know whether that might mean that they were one of the ones that was suffering with illness or maybe they just thought the game that was already lost 5-0 um let's just protect them for this european fixture i'm not too sure but i think i'd probably just um hold if i had them and then remove uh, sorry, hold if I had him, but I wouldn't bring him in, basically. 
Defensively, though, although I said that I'd, I'd go for Bowen and I don't mind them for counter-attack against these sides, I definitely would dodge the defence against Wolves, Liverpool, United, Arsenal, Brighton. They all look like teams that can score. So just Bowen and Ward-Prowse are the two that I'd be looking at. Chelsea. Chelsea are a side that have looked on paper with these fixtures like they were going to have a really good run at the minute, but it hasn't quite happened. But Sheffield United at home looks good. But they do have a new manager now. Newcastle at home could be better than it initially looked a few weeks ago. Wolves away from home and Crystal Palace at home look okay in 17. And in game week 18, Luton away, which we should learn by now, doesn't actually look that great. And then, is that Preston? Preston in the FA Cup? I'm not quite sure. Uh, Chelsea FA Cup draw. Preston, yeah, Preston at home in the FA Cup. So still both in both cup competitions. Um, they lost 2-1 against Man United, but then they beat Brighton 3-2. So real mixed bag. It's hard to predict. And they've got injury concerns now as well. So Sanchez, um, there was a lot of talk about Sanchez for this run as a good um, goalkeeper swap from maybe Johnston or Kelleher. That's what I had in mind. But Robert Sanchez got injured in the last game. Um, had to get replaced by Petrovic. So we have to wait for some more news on what's happening with the goalkeeper scenario. Reese James, we were also saying, um, I think on the Dream Team Tonic podcast a couple of episodes ago, we were saying Reese James looked like a really good option for this run. But now he's been ruled out for, I think, a few months. Um, so it's not looking good. Um, back to back losses, United and Everton um, doesn't look good at all. But Sterling. And Palmer are probably the two attacking options that look the best. But both are now on four yellow cards as well. But I don't think that's the end of the world. Because if they do pick up this fifth yellow card against Sheffield United, it doesn't carry over into the Carabao. So if you did pick them this week, you'll be good for the two fixtures as long as they play. But obviously, if they do pick up one of the uh, fifth yellow cards in that Sheffield United game, they'll go on to miss Wolves, which is, is not the worst one. Uh, but just one thing to consider if you were punting on either of the two. So Palmer, 3.2 million. He's on 88 points, 5.5 average. He's got pens for now. Um, and he's got seven bonus points, five goals and five assists. So 10 attacking returns. And Sterling also has 10 attacking returns. He's got six goals, four assists. Um, he's slightly more expensive at 3.8, and he's on 102 points. But the average points isn't far off each other, so 5.5 for Palmer and 5.7 for Sterling. Uh, Sterling has 15 bonus points, while Palmer has just the 7. So I don't think there's much in it, and I think if I was going to pick one of the two, I think I'd pick Palmer at this point. Um, but defensively, defensively, I did want to have one for this run. But now our options are limited. So no Reese James, potentially no Robert Sanchez in goal. Maybe Gusto at 2.1. Wouldn't do it yet or would wait for more news. But he's been out injured for a little while. But on the Premier League injury site, it does say that he's back in training. Um, so maybe he could be an option at 2.1. If we do get confirmation that he's in the squad or ends up starting, I'd definitely be interested at that price point. 2.1. Um, Malo Gusto does look like he could be a good option, potentially. Um, two assists earlier in the season, so he does get attacking returns. 
But if I was going for the safest one, it probably would be Colwell at the minute. He didn't start the Everton game, but he did come on in the 27th minute for Rhys James. Um, Cucurella also got injured in that game, so Colwell does have a chance of playing left-back or centre-back. I'm then going to come on to Brighton. So it feels like they've been doing quite poorly recently um, and not been very pickable on any of the fantasy football formats, really. But they've actually only lost one game in their last 10 um, pre the European fixture tonight. Uh, they've had a 1-1 draw with Burnley at the weekend, but they did have so many chances. Uh, Trafford in goal for Burnley made so many saves, so they did look okay, Brighton. Um, but only three clean sheets all season, and they were all in Europe, so I still don't think the defensive options look that great. Will we see less rotation once Europe comes to an end? So Arsenal away from home, and then Crystal Palace in a Premier League double game week in 16. They then have just the single in game week 17 against Spurs, a single in 18 against West Ham, and then is that Stoke in game week 19. So the fixtures don't look awful. I don't think they look good for clean sheets. You'd expect Arsenal, Spurs, maybe West Ham to score. So don't look great defensively, but I still think there's some good attacking options there. Um, I've stuck with the same players that I had in the last episode. So Pascal Gross, Matoma, Adingra and Jao Pedro. I don't particularly think that I'm that interested in any of them. But it doesn't mean to say they're not good options. So I'd say Pascal Gross at 3.9 million might look like the best option at the minute. Um, I was on the Dream Team Tonic podcast last episode and I may as well plug that now. But we had uh, Matt Woolley on the show and he had Pascal Gross in his team and he'd been doing really well. Um, do check that one out. I'll put a link in the description below. Um, but Pascal Gross is on 106 points. He got 10 points and an assist in the last game week. He's got four goals, five assists and 15 bonus points for the season. So does do well for bonus. And the only things I don't particularly like about Pascal Gross is where you just don't know where he's going to end up playing. And I got this up from Transfermarkt. But he's played eight games in centre mid this season. Six games in defensive mid. Two games at right back. Two games at left back. And then one is down as attacking mid. So does get utilised everywhere, but it does mean he does play the bulk of games. He had a rest a couple of games ago, but he does seem like he's one of the safest away from rotation. Matoma, who I had last season and absolutely loved having, uh, 3.5 million. He's on 94 points, but even in the last game, he um, started on the bench for the last game and then came off the bench at the 45 minute mark, which... How many um, how many managers do you know that make sort of two subs at half time? It's pretty crazy, really. Uh, three goals, six assists, and thirteen bonus points though for Matoma. Adingra has looked really, really good. Um, he's three million now. I think he started at two point five. It might even have been two. Ninety one points. Um, got ten points and a goal again in the last game. So five goals, three assists so far for the season. He's having a really good season and six bonus points, but. He does seem to be starting the bulk of games now, but you just have to be aware that he can still get rotated like the rest. And then, just to round it off with rotation, Jao Pedro, 3.1 million. I think he's basically started half of the available games, but he's still on 119 points. Uh, six points. Um, in the last fixture, he got bonus uh, shots on target and big chances created. He's on 10 goals and one assist with eight bonus points. But he is on penalties if... Um, if he's on the pitch. 
But I think Pascal Gross probably takes penalties if João Pedro isn't on the pitch. So I'm leaning towards Pascal Gross, but quite honestly, I don't think I'd pick any of them. Um, if you enjoyed the video so far, please do leave a like and subscribe to the channel. Um, and like I said, the Dream Team Tonic podcast, we have a link to that in the description below. Great episode with me, Ben and Matt Woolley. Right, Manchester City. This is going to be a big decision to make this week. So, like I said, game week 16, just the one game against Crystal Palace at home, which looks incredible. They then don't have a second fixture. And then they don't have a first fixture for game week 17. Those two games are blanked and they will be at the Club World Cup. They, the games for the Club World Cup fall on the 19th of December. And then the 22nd of December will, would be the Club World Cup final. Um, so... They'll then come back and then play Everton away. So it's, it is a tough decision to make. I've got Foden and Haaland in my team currently. I've decided what, that I'm happy to keep hold of Foden. He's playing really, really well. He'll play Crystal Palace. Um, he was rested in this cup. Um, dead rubber in the Champions League. But it's the, the Haaland one is the same problem or decision everyone's going to have to make. And I'm going to put it out there right now. I don't know what the answer is. A lot of it's coming down to deciding whether or not you think he'll play, whether or not you believe Haaland's dad, who transferred him out apparently on FPL. Um, that was shared by FPL Focal, I think it was, on Twitter. I honestly don't know what I'm going to do yet with Erling Haaland in this situation. Um, the latest is that he hadn't trained yet, but he'll be back on Thursday, which is today. Still haven't seen anything yet. And then we'll see how he feels, um, Pep said. So, obviously, he's been called back to training and we'll maybe get some idea of whether or not he trained today. But I'm not that confident that we'll hear anything, to be honest. A lot of these managers keep it under wraps. I don't see why they'd be bluffing ahead of a Crystal Palace home match. It's not particularly a massive game, but we have to wait for more information before we decide. But... What are the different scenarios? Um, the deadline is on a Friday as well. So Man City play at three o'clock against Crystal Palace. I think it is on the Saturday. So it's not like we even get to peak the lineups. We will have to decide on Friday night whether or not we stick with Haaland or get rid of Haaland. And I don't feel like we're that confident we're going to get extra information. So what do you think you're going to do? Are you going to keep Erling Haaland or sell him? And then get him back. Um, if we're not, if we don't hear anything before game week 16, I'm currently leaning towards that I would like to sell him. But it makes me nervous. It does make me really nervous. Um, the way I'm thinking of it at the minute is Salah is the obvious captain for this game week, in my opinion, anyway. And I think a lot of them will captain him. And then after a lot of us captained Haaland last week to then not have him play, now there's no, well, where there's no vice-captain, I can't think that many people will captain Haaland for Crystal Palace if we hear nothing. So, I mean, what would the worst-case scenario be? The worst-case scenario would be we don't hear anything, we take him out, and then he scores a hat-trick, 
Um, it could be anywhere, worst case could be anywhere between 10 points and 20-ish points. His best return this season was 23 points. I don't think we have to worry about too much it ending up being a 23-pointer doubled 46 because I don't think many people will take the risk on captaining him unless we hear confirmation that he's definitely going to play. Um, so I don't think we're going to get the double whammy of if you take him out, a lot of people are going to captain him as well. But it still wouldn't be great if you took him out and then he ended up with a 20-pointer or even a 10-pointer because even if he plays just the one game, for example, I've had Isak in my team who has had two games and he's blanked both times this week. He blanked both times last week. So even if Haaland plays just the one game, it could still be damaging. It is very, very tough. Um, and then the, the other thing to weigh up as well is that if you take him out now and then he ends up... Take him out now and... I mean, he could play Crystal Palace and it harms you. But if he doesn't play Crystal Palace, we then should see if he does play in the Cup, Club World Cup in game week 16, in that second sort of space there, or game week 7. Um, I was looking at the deadlines, um, and the deadline for game week 17 is the 22nd. And the deadline is 7 p.m., if Man City are playing, it's in Saudi Arabia, and in UK time, the final is at 6pm. So we should be able to see if Haaland's playing the final one hour before the deadline, which, again, is going to be crazy. But we should see if he's available and whether or not we want to bring him in for game week 17. But if he doesn't play Crystal Palace and then doesn't play the Club World Cup... I don't think many people are going to want to bring him in for Everton, which again could go on to harm us. So it's a big decision. I don't know the answer, but at the moment I'm leaning towards that I think I'm going to take him out. But the downside of it is obviously the risk of losing points and then the risk of having to use the transfer and not fixing my team elsewhere. So I'll come on to my team a little bit later and what scenarios could play out. Uh, another interesting thing I thought with this Haaland scenario is if he does end up playing against Palace or at the Club World Cup, say, say he plays both, say he plays Crystal Palace and then he ends up playing at the Club World Cup, will people still captain him for game week 17 for that Everton away fixture? Um, single game week away at Everton, while Salah plays Arsenal and Burnley, Son has Everton and Brighton, Watkins has Sheffield United and Man United, and Saka has Liverpool and West Ham. So there are some good double game week captains in game week 17. I think the only positive thing that you could look at potentially is that, or if you do take Haaland out, is that maybe after being scarred last week, people don't end up captaining him. Even if they keep hold of him, they won't want to take the risk of captaining him as well. So it might not be double whammy. If he does do well, you may lose out on the 10, 20 points, um, but it might not end up being 30, 40 points. That's the only sort of positive I can see of if you take him out and then he ends up playing at the same time, people may not captain him. Um, on to City in general. So they won 2-1 against Luton. Um, like I said, Haaland was left out. Um, other options, Alvarez at 4.2, got an assist against Luton. He's got a goal and two assists in his last four games. So he was having a bit of a bit of a dip but he has started to get a few more attacking returns now and of course if Haaland is out injured 
Alvarez is going to start striker. And Alvarez probably is on penalties as well. So he could be back on the table as an option. I don't think I'm keen on it just for the same reason of the single week game weeks. Um, but I do think he is a good option at 4.2. Foden, like I said, I'm going to keep him through this. Um, no goal for him, but he did finish with eight points, three bonus, two shots on tackles and two shots on tackles, two shots on target and two tackles against Luton. So eight points is still a good return when you're not scoring. And then Bernardo Silva, 4 million. He grabbed a goal against Luton and he's averaging 5.5 points per game. He's looking pretty good at the minute. 93 points and 12 bonus points this season. So I think they're fairly good options. Alvarez, Foden, Bernardo. Um, but at the minute for me, it's just probably hold Foden. And I don't think I'd particularly bring in a Man City player um, just for the singles. Stones, Akanji, um, both started in midweek against Red Star Belgrade. So I'd probably just assume that they'd go back to having the same backline as before. Walker, Vardiol, Diaz and Ake potentially for that Crystal Palace game. Spurs, so they've ended their run of no wins in five. Um, they had the 4-1 win against Newcastle. I thought they looked really good, but we also must acknowledge that Newcastle looked knackered in this one. Um, a nice run, though, of five good attack-looking fixtures, in my opinion. Nottingham Forest away from home. That is the first uh, match of the game week on that Friday. They then have, in so it's just a single in game week 16. In game week 17, they've got Everton at home, Brighton away. I do think they can score goals in those. And then Bournemouth in game week 18, that's a single at home again. So I think those fixtures look really good for attacking Son in specific. So Forest, Everton, Brighton, Bournemouth. And then game week 19, they've got Burnley at home, but that's been marked as the fixture that Son probably will miss as he goes off to the Asia Cup. So Son as an asset, 4.4 million. He got two assists and a penalty goal against Newcastle. So 17 points against Newcastle. Um, four points in the previous game against West Ham, but then he got an eight-pointer against City in the game before. He got that goal assist and uh, I think an own goal as well in that game. So he has found some form. Uh, played off the left rather than centre-forward in the Newcastle game because we had Richarlison in the middle. He's on 10 goals and four assists for the season. And we've also now had the confirmation that he will be on pens while Harry Kane's out and... Um, while Madison's out as well, but I think Son probably will be on them even when Madison is back. Um, he's the best, uh, he's the fifth best striker on the game um, behind Haaland, Salah, Alvarez, and Ollie Watkins. So there is a decision make to make there with um, him and Ollie Watkins. I was talking to Ben from the Tonic, and obviously, if you went for Watkins, you wouldn't have to think about taking him out because of the Asia Cup. But I think I'm still interested in Son. He gets 90 minutes. Most games, no rotation, he's on pens. I am really interested in bringing him into my team at the minute. Uh, Pedro Porro, 3.3 million. He's now the seventh highest defender in the game. Um, he's been pretty impressive, really, with no Europe. Uh, 94 points. Got his fifth assist of the season in the last game. Um, and he's taken three kicks and corners without Madison in the team. So I think that's a real big positive at 3.3. They don't look great for keeping clean sheets. But when, I mean, when you are getting... Um, Bonus points, shots, attack, um, assists, goals. 
he does look like a good option. And on to bonus, he's hit bonus points in six consecutive games now, um, Pedro Porro. So I do think that he looks a very good option. Um, I just wouldn't get too frustrated when they don't keep clean sheets because they've got still got a couple of injuries at the back. They did look fairly solid when they still had, um, is it Ven playing? But yeah, I still wouldn't trust them for clean sheets at the moment. Uh, Yudogi is another good attacking option. He got a goal and a 10-pointer in the last game, but he is on four yellow cards, so I would stick to Pedro Porro, really. Um, but not many others that I'd go for for Spurs at the minute. Richarlison um, did bag two goals, 15-pointer in the last game. Um, he's only 2.4 million. Um, could end up the main man when Son does go away, but I think I'd want to see some consistent form from him at the minute. So just one to watch. Um, but I can't see myself really bringing in uh, Richarlison. Arsenal, um, quite far down the list of players to target, actually. So Arsenal have got Brighton in a single in the Premier League, which isn't a great game. Um, a bit scarred from last season playing Brighton. Then we've got Liverpool away from home and then West Ham at home. So in the next two game weeks, they are three tough fixtures. Then in game week 18, it's a single against Fulham. And then in game week 19, it is a home game to Liverpool. So I do think our run does look quite challenging. Um, and then obviously there won't be a double in game week 19 because we're not in the Carabao Cup at the moment. So not the best fixture volume, not the best fixture difficulty. Uh, a 1-0 loss against Villa, which I'm not too downbeat on actually. I, I watched it back and... I did think we had a decent game. Um, I think we looked pretty good. It wasn't anything like Villa's 1-0 win against Manchester City. Um, I feel like we were maybe a little bit unlucky. But yeah, I don't think that will really have the team downbeat and the fans either. 1-1 um, draw against PSV, bit of a nothing game either. But a lot less rotation than what people were expecting. You still had Gabriel start, still had Saliba start. Havertz got pretty much 90 minutes. Uh, Jorginho, um, and then the rest of it was kind of rotated. Declan Rice was brought on. Um, Declan Rice was brought on and given a bit of the game time at centre-back, it turned out, just to where there's a little bit of a lack of depth in Arsenal's defence at the minute. They tried a little bit of an experiment playing Declan Rice at centre-back, which is a little bit alarming. But overall... <sighs> I would probably just hold what I had with Arsenal, and if you had, if you're a bit heavy in it, either position, um, maybe move one on. I think Saka's the guy that you've just got to keep. Six point seven million. He's the highest scoring, uh, second highest scoring player in the game. Um, still got seven points in the loss to Villa, so it just shows that in the games where he's not getting attacking returns, he's still racking up the points. So I think you just keep him in. Forty six percent owned, averaging eight point four points per game. Martinelli was left out of the Champions League game with illness. Um, I haven't heard any updates on him yet, but I think he probably would be back for Brighton. We'd have to wait and see. Um, but a quiet week for all the others. Martinelli, Erdegaard, Jesus all got four points against Villa. Um, yeah, I think I'd just stick with Saka in the midfield slash attack for me. If I was going to go for a second, it would be Erdegaard at the minute, just where Martinelli's a bit of a, a bit of a doubt. Um don't think Jesus has been massively impressive. Um, and then if I'm looking at the fixtures, they're quite tough. 
it's normally always Rice, Erdegaard, and then for that third slot in the central midfield area, we normally decide between either Jorginho or Havertz to fill that third spot. So I think Erdegaard is the guy that's going to be sort of nailed for these tougher fixtures. So if I was going to pick another striker or attacker, sorry, it would be Erdegaard. Defensively, I think I'm happy with just one. Um, but I don't think there's much in it now. White, Saliba, Gabriel Zinchenko. Now we've got Tomiyasu out. We've got Timber out. We, The only real player that we've got that can come in is Kivior. Um, so I don't think rotation is that much of an issue at the minute. So I think all of them are fairly safe, but I'd just go with one. And I think Saliba is the one that I'd go for at the minute. He's slightly cheaper. Um, he's not cheaper than Zinchenko, but Zinchenko does often get subbed at times. And he's the one that probably is most at risk from Kivior so I'd say Saliba is the best option but if you've got a Gabriel or White I don't think it's terrible um, but yeah that's pretty much it I'd go Saka plus one other defender and I don't even think there's a problem with taking out a defender because Brighton, Liverpool, West Ham and then Liverpool again later on are tough fixtures and then on to Aston Villa so no clean sheets in 10 games Clean sheet against City and then a clean sheet against Arsenal. You have to take your hat off to them. Uh, absolutely trolled us lot that had these Villa defensive assets for quite a while. Um, so they've come through their bad fixtures um, with six points, which is really impressive. And now the fixtures are starting to look better. So Brentford away, Sheffield United at home in game week 17, Man United away in 17, which is now not looking like a bad fixture at all. Game week 18, it's Burnley at home and then Middlesbrough in the FA Cup. Um, Ollie Watkins, 4.7 million. He has blanked in the last two, uh, but there's no real surprises there against Arsenal and City. I still think he's a really good option for this run of games. So he's on 10 goals, 9 assists. And with Son and Salah eventually moving on for their sort of international tournaments, I could see that Haaland and Watkins becomes the sort of new template for two strikers in most teams for that run of games. So you might want to get him in early. You might already have him. I think he's looking like a good option. Bailey at 3.2's had back-to-back goals um, and then an assist against Arsenal in the last game. But he did go off at half-time with an injury concern. So that's one to keep an eye on. Six goals, seven assists. Uh, Consar did go off in the 66th minute for Matty Cash, but I don't think that was an injury. Um, 3.1 million, his third joint for bonus uh, with Kieran Trippier and the sixth, sixth highest defender on the game. So I still think the concert is a really good option, but maybe a bit more of a risk from Matty Cash now he is playing at right back. Um, but I think a Villa defender or goalkeeper looks good for this run. I still would go concert as my Aston Villa defender if I went there. And I am interested in Martinez again um, at... What price is Martinez at? Have I wrote that down here? 3.1 million currently, and you'd have to expect that he's going to go up in price after a clean sheet. But yeah, Sheffield or Brentford away from home. They've got Mbwemo out at the moment. Um, Sheffield United at home looks a good fixture. Man United are struggling for goals. Burnley at home. These all look like fairly good defensive fixtures, but it just depends whether or not Villa turn up for these lesser games like they did for Arsenal and Man City. Um one thing to note, Digne is suspended and Douglas Louise is suspended from the Brentford game for five yellow cards. And then just a shout out to John McGinn, 3.8 million, grabbed his sixth goal of the season 
and it's got three assists now. So he's having a really good season so far. Right, on to my team update then. So 56 points so far for the game week. Uh, we do still have um, some European games to come this evening, but I'm not expecting very much from mine. I've got Salah still to play. Um, and Trent still to play, but apparently they haven't travelled. And then I have Simakas and Kelleher. I'm not expecting Simakas to play, but I think Kelleher probably will, um, seeing as Alisson is back. But yeah, not expecting too many points this evening. So 56 points for the game week so far. 1,656 in total. And then my rank has dropped uh, down to 79th overall, um, which is... Still a great position to be in. Uh, let me know in the comments below how many points you're on so far for the game week, where you're sitting. Um, this week I had Trent come in and Gordon come into my team for Martinelli and Zinchenko. Fairly happy with how that turned out. Uh, what 12 points from Trent and Gordon and 8 points Zinchenko and Martinelli would have got. So just a few points um, extra, but not massive. Um, I held on to Bruno Fernandes. And I held on to Isak in the hope that they have double game weeks, but it didn't really pay off. Bruno Fernandes picked up his fifth yellow card and didn't really deliver in either game. So just the five points from two games from him. And then Isak, the same, got one start um, and then one appearance off the bench now that Wilson's back. And like I said, I've had him four games now um, and he's blanked in pretty much every single one of them. So... He's not been a great transfer in since I've had him. Um, the fires in my team, or I'll go, I'll go points first. So Kelleher, nothing for now. Simakas, three. Saliba, seven. Trent, seven. Gordon with five. Saka with seven. Bruno with five. Foden delivering again with nine. Isak with three. And then Salah with ten. And obviously I did what a lot of people did. Captained Haaland, the man of the moment. And of course got the blank so wasted captaincy this week but I think all of us were in the same boat let me know if you captained someone else other than Haaland but my fires to put out this week so I've obviously got Bruno Fernandes in my team who's now suspended and Manchester United only have a double game uh, sorry a single game week against Liverpool so Bruno Fernandes no-brainer get him out of my team and I think I think it's going to be a straight switch to Bowen um, for that position. Um, he's got two games this week, liking the look of him. Um, even in the games where he's not scoring, he's scoring decent enough points. I think he got a six-pointer six pointer this game week um, in the last game. So still pretty decent without scoring. I think that's the, the, that's the easy one to decide. Um, I've got Kelleher in goal, who's... Obviously, only going to play probably the once this week. And then next week, he's not going to play the Prem game. But he does have a Carabao Cup game. Um, and now, he's probably the cup keeper. So, maybe I don't have to solve the Kelleher problem yet. Maybe I can kick the can down the road a little bit with that one. But the big problem is Erling Haaland. And if Haaland wasn't an issue and he, we had confirmation that he's playing Crystal Palace, I'd probably keep him and I'd probably move on Isak. Um, so, yeah, Haaland and Isak are the ones that I have to solve, probably in this scenario. I think the Bruno Fernandes one is a no-brainer to get him out. Um, that's not really an issue. So the issue I have, and I'm aware that I probably rambled it when speaking about Haaland, because I don't know the answer, 
and I still don't know what I'm going to do. Um, I still don't have any extra information, but it's either we keep Haaland in the team, hope he plays Crystal Palace, and then I'm thinking maybe take Isak out in that scenario for a striker that I want, which at the moment the guy I want is Son. Um, I think Watkins is a very good pick as well. So Son or Watkins, even though they do have a single, I wouldn't be concerned about bringing in either Son or Watkins for Isak. Isak's got the double, but I'm pretty sure we're going to get Wilson starts one, Isak starts one, probably gets an appearance off the bench as well. But across two game weeks, he hasn't really done it. I'm not really feeling it at the moment now with him. It's not it's not a problem if I if I kept hold of him and I took Haaland out. But I'm not that confident of Isak right now. Um so Son or Watkins could be great replacements for him. Or we take out Haaland. So in the scenario that we were to take Haaland out for Son, for example, and then have a strike force of Isak, Salah, and Son. If he then comes in for Crystal Palace, which he might. Obviously, I'm going to be very, very nervous about it. I wouldn't be as nervous because I think people aren't going to captain him. Um, regardless, I think he's not going to be really highly owned as a captain unless it's by someone that's not set their captain or not that active. I can't see him being a massive captaincy option um, or pick. But then the issue is, is what if he comes back? back or we see that he plays Crystal Palace he then plays Club World Cup and we know that he's coming back for Everton that's when I'm in trouble because and then I've got to take use another transfer to take him out so in that scenario I'd probably take Isak out for Haaland which I'd have the money to do um, and then I've just got one other transfer which I wouldn't I'd, have, I'd be able to do Kelleher to Dubravka for example maybe um, but I wouldn't be able to upgrade him to a, a Martinez and I can't really take a advantage of the fixtures that are coming up um i would just be using that week's transfers to really just get harland back in so and then if there's any injuries that happen in between that which it's a double game week and there's been a lot of injuries recently um i could end up getting stuck so i still can't make my mind up um it will be a last minute thing waiting for news on Twitter, waiting for last-minute team leaks. I don't know if we'll get anywhere. It's a Friday deadline. It is going to be a real hard one. Um, yeah, I just can't make my mind up at the minute. I do feel like I still would. If we had confirmation that Haaland was out of this game, I'd take him out. But while it's left in limbo, the more it seems that he could be available for Crystal Palace. The more I'm thinking, do I just leave him and Foden in? Foden obviously plays Palace. Do I just leave him in? Maybe take out an Isak. Bring in a new striker. Take out Bruno Fernandes. Bring in a new midfielder. And then I've got two transfers the following game week. And if Haaland and if Haaland's back fit, I can just leave him. I can leave Haaland. I can leave Foden. And then I've got two transfers the following week to maybe attack those good Aston Villa fixtures, maybe try and find a way to downgrade a defender and get Martinez in goal. So that's the option. Chase the points this week, but then maybe have a worse team or maybe get stung by Haaland. Or just take the hit, a rare a rare blank for Erling Haaland maybe, um, and not play. But then my team might be in a better position later on. I don't know what I'm going to do. 
let us know in the comments. Are you Haaland in or Haaland out? I don't have the answer. I don't think there is a right answer because we just don't have the information. But let me know in the comments what you're leaning towards. Um, we'll wrap it up for this episode. I will post after the deadline what decision I decide to make. Um, sorry about the Haaland waffle, but that's my thought process. But I just don't have the answer at the minute. So, yep, let us know what you decide in the comments below. I'll post the team after the deadline again this week. And that is everything for this episode. So thank you very much for watching. And I'll see you on the next episode. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.